Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Table Talks with Burr. Today we have Bishop Sean McKenzie. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for coming on. Today we're talking about Christianity and religion in the 21st century. So let's talk about what would you consider yourself? As in like Manilio, Boomer, Gen Z? Somewhat a, a, a bridge between um, the old and the new. <laughs> So how was there are some there's some elements about me that is old fashioned mm -hmm. in terms of some of my standards and belief, yet uh, some of my swag, the way I <laughs> dress, and some of the presentations of my messages, mm -hmm. the way I interact with some young people. Uh, you can get the idea that he's uh, you know a younger yeah. pastor, and sometimes in my head I'm still young. <laughs> As you should, we're all young at heart. So how was the church when you were growing up? Um, I grew up in a Catholic church, believe it or not. Oh, really? I grew up Catholic. I got saved at age 21 mm -hmm. and a Pentecostal. Ooh. And then I joined a Baptist church. So I had three different denominational experiences. So all of them came together and created balance for me. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted something lively, that's why I didn't stay at the Catholic Church, yeah. even though I respected their sense of reverence and everything there. Mm -hmm. And the Baptist Covenant provided for me something that was sound, biblically sound, and, and the Pentecostal provided the fire. Ooh. So I took it all and just kind of made something uh, blended it. Yep. Right. So how would you consider your style as a bishop now? Um, with my style of preaching you're talking about yeah. and, and the presentation of the message, as I said earlier, I consider myself to be a bridge between the, the old and the new. So I like to really, really uh, make my messages uh, applicable to people's everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, my style of preaching is biblically based. Mm -hmm. Uh, people can always, you're always going to need your Bible yeah. before I stand up and preach. Um, I'm not going to get up there and tell old stories and, 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 and talk about politics. and Some of that may be inserted, but that's mm -hmm. not the basis yeah. for which I, uh, I... So my style is biblically based preaching, and I take that and try to bring the Word alive. People can follow. Mm -hmm. The youngest, I'm always, I'm often told that, that even a child can understand what you're saying. That's it's good. not shooting over my head. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I always appreciate that because I want to know that when I'm delivering that word, that, that that's resonating with people and they understand what it's saying. I agree. I watched a live service a few weeks back and I was like, wow, you're talking to me. I think I messaged you and told you that as well. Yeah. But how do you keep the young children, well, the young adults or children, coming back to the church? Um, I think uh, you have to ensure that the message that you are uh, preaching is really tailored for all uh, persons who uh, maybe in your audience. Mm -hmm. I always say there's a variety of people in the audience yep. that you're preaching to. You're preaching to young teenagers who are a bit shy and withdrawn. Mm -hmm. How are you going to reach them? And you're preaching to old mama <laughs> who is used to the old way of religion being preached and she want to hear some fire and brimstone. You're preaching to 
the millennials who uh, moves attention, don't waste my time, mm-hmm. uh, give me it, do something to get my attention. And, and so there's a variety of different persons you're preaching to. Strangely enough, I noticed that the Lord, through his uh, utilization of me and the declaration of his word, uh, seemed to reach all of those all of those different persons or groupings that I call. There are times that I would see a teenager who's 15 or 16 in a congregation, all of a sudden something like said, his hand perked up and he's like, what you you're talking to me? You're down my street now, you know. <laughs> yeah. Old mama would get up and, and and start to shout because, you know, you're touching on a testimonial that uh, the Lord has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, so your message must be tailor made and have the elements of, of speaking to people's everyday life, talking about current events mm-hmm. when when you can talk about things that move to the center of people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that is applicable. Make that message applicable. You're gonna keep them coming back. You uh, people want. They're gonna to want to hear. Yeah. Even if they're not the church, they'll tune in mm-hmm. somehow. And also, with technology being the focus of many people's lives right now, how do people hold on to their faith? You know, technology should not, uh, madly, technology should not be a hindrance to our faith. Mm-hmm. It should enhance our faith. As a matter of fact. I see technology as an enhancing tool. Mm-hmm. You know the strange thing right now, if you were to say you want to give me a piece of, in, a piece of information, mm-hmm. or, or could you take this number, there's somebody who wants you to call them right away, and could you make a note of why you're calling them, you would never see me lift a pen. That's true. You would never see me get a piece of paper. The first thing I do is get this phone, mm-hmm. and I go and I start to type that into a, 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 a note. Mm-hmm. And, and so with uh, re- receiving phone numbers, or messages from people everything I am doing personally digitally mm-hmm. and I'm 53 and I've fallen in love with the digital platform that technology provides mm-hmm. because it makes our life easier That's very all good. of my sermons my wedding uh, messages the funeral messages everything is in my iPad mm-hmm. somebody steals the iPad it's in the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I purchased a, another iPad and I, I lost an iPad through negligence. Mm-hmm. And I purchased another, uh, well, in fact, my wife purchased <laughs> another iPad. And when I signed back up with, uh, uh, signed, when I signed back up, it, everything populated, including my photo. Ooh. So technology should be an enhancer. Uh, we use all of the social media platform to get our messages out. Mm-hmm. So technology for believers is not really a hindrance. If it's a hindrance, it's because they want it to be. Because through technology, we can learn or teach. We use Facebook to get our messages out as a church. We use other platforms like um, YouTube and any other Instagram. People can send short uh, mm-hmm. excerpts of sermons out. So it, it is an enhancer if you ask me. And I don't get nervous anymore. I don't get uh, a little edgy anymore as to why the teenagers on their phone. Mm-hmm. Because what I discovered is, yes, somebody might read a text here and there, but a lot of times if you are, if something is happening in a service that they're enjoying, people start to send mm-hmm. things out through yeah. Instagram and other means, you know? That's or text true. their friend, you should do it. You, you shouldn't have missed this. Mm-hmm. So technology to me is not a, a hindrance. It becomes a hindrance to those who unplug from their faith and decide, I don't 
want anything to do with it. I'm just happy with all of the other negative side of technology. And now that you mentioned unplug your faith, more people are getting into like spiritual base and moving away from religion and going into like manifesting and spiritual and having being more less religious. Yeah, and um, the danger with that is, see, spirituality is relating to human, the human spirit. Anything that is affecting the human spirit that's non-material, affecting the human spirit and soul. So, a person can have a demonic experience. That's a spiritual experience as well. Because when you open your, if a person engages in activities and practices that open up their life to demonic activity, Mm-hmm. And the devil comes in, the yeah. demons are involved. Then you have a spiritual situation to, uh, there too, a spiritual situation because the, 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 the demons are fallen, fallen angels mm-hmm. and uh, they operate as spirits and they're looking for bodies to inhabit, people to influence. So you can also tap into other things that are spiritual that has nothing to do with God, right. where you are getting in, for, uh, getting in touch with self. Mm-hmm. It has to do with it. It's all about you. And uh, humanity in and of himself is very limited apart from our creator. So people can say, I'm more spiritual. I hear all the modern talks. I don't want no low vibration mm-hmm. around me and all of this new modern talk. The energy is low, yeah. low vibration energy and all that stuff. That's garbage, mm-hmm. in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, every new concept that come up and it's it becomes uh, widespread, people kind of cling to it and run to it. Spirituality, uh, in my book, becomes most effective when it involves us opening our spirit and soul to God. Religion is, is uh, practice and a persuasion that covers all of these practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Rastafarian that claim they are religion and and all, everybody's belief or what they practice, uh, we respect it. But we know that when it comes to Christianity, for the Christians, our spirituality, our uh, uh, giving of ourselves is to God himself. Mm-hmm. So how would you suggest some people to come back in tune with their religion, their faith? Um, <sighs> You know, it starts with um, rededication, mm-hmm. Amber. If a father or mother was out of touch with their child and they missed out a lot of years, uh, I would say 95% of the time it happens with the father. If a father had uh, fallen hard times, moved to another country, mm-hmm. missed out many, many years of his daughter or son's life or children's life, and now he's making an inroad to get back and the mother agreed to it. it. It starts with rededication. So recommitting yourself to that which you should have been committed to, mm-hmm. but you unplugged. And so rededication involves um, acknowledging that something has gone wrong. That's the first thing. Um, a father who's been away from children for a long time don't just roll back up in there and start telling the kids what to do. And then you, you've been missing for a while. Mm-hmm. You, you've lost your powers. You, you don't have the authority to speak into these teenagers' life at the moment. The first order of the business is to admit 
what has happened, admit to what has happened, have a candid conversation. That's what we do with God. Mm -hmm. We admit that we've gone away from your ideas, your uh, precepts and your laws. We've stepped away and now we want to come back. We want to make it right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that rededication when that takes place, that starts. And sometimes that starts with small changes. It all may not happen. A person may have walked away from their faith or unplugged from the faith, got involved in a lot of abusive behaviors and, and substances, and some things take small changes. Sometimes a person make a change, and people look at it, and they criticize it. And I say, that's it, that's all you did. You need to just let all of this go. Sometimes it may not happen. Some people can do it cold turkey. Mm -hmm. 31 years ago, I did it cold turkey. <laughs> Walked away from everything. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen for everybody. And so you celebrate the small changes that people make and the next thing is is you have to surround yourself with people that are of like passion, people who are positive and, and are already stronger in the faith that can help to encourage you and strengthen you. And, and then uh, align yourself with a Bible-believing church and a pastor who's also connected to God. Mm -hmm. All of these things are important when you are reconnecting to your faith because you need now a system that you're entering into that's going to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. But when you start to slip, there are people around you who you've surrounded yourself with and have given the authority and the right to be able to correct you and speak to you and say, no, this is not the way. This is, yeah. And not bash you or anything. Absolutely. They're not doing it. And you know they're doing it a lot yeah. because they're rooting for you and they want you to make it. Yep. So my last question for today is what are your thoughts comparing from when you were growing up to now your view of your thoughts on Christianity do you uh, think it's changed uh, drastically drastically Christianity um, the way I saw it when I was growing up and where I observed it had a greater sense of reverence and uh, if I may say, there's almost a blind belief that we believe what is written, what is written is what God has said, yep. and that is it. And um, years ago, Amber, before you, long before you were an idea, <laughs> and when I was a very little boy, and even it was even more practice, uh, greater uh, uh, practice when I wasn't even. If two men were walking, having a passionate conversation, and they were walking and the church was coming up, they brought their voices down, and uh, some of them dared to also take their hat off, and they walked past the church. And when they got past the church, then they started having conversations. Years ago, Amber, the church was left open. The church literally was left open. Now, a lot of churches didn't have sound system, expensive sound systems and microphones and all of that. Some did, but they were still left open. People can go midday at, uh, and, and pray and be the only person in the church. Uh, a lot of churches were left open for people to just come in and have them pray when they want. And, um, and you can't do that now. You look at churches all around, there are bars up. Mm -hmm. including this one we were doing <laughs> uh, that I passed that we were doing and do we did we want to do it? No. But we were forced to do it because of two break-ins. Oh, wow. And so people don't respect the church anymore. So mm -hmm. churches, just like we secure our homes and businesses, have uh, 
burglar bars and alarm system. So to answer your question whether Christianity is the same, no. Uh, that's only the physical building that people don't show respect. At a funeral service, some years I did, I, I'm, I committed the body and the body's going down and somebody took a, a beer that they was drinking and poured on the casket. That was never so much name among us. Mm -hmm. So people have lost the respect. And then there's a challenge. People want to know why the scripture is saying what it said. And people have developed a lot of new beliefs about the Bible and its origin and its translation. And so a lot of stuff about Christianity is being challenged. Um, a lot of new beliefs have surfaced or resurfaced, old beliefs resurfaced. Uh, Christian Christianity has gone through a lot in the past, a lot of butchery as well. Uh, people have been martyred for the faith and it will continue to go through challenges and this has been predicted by the Bible. And Christians just have to be strong and we know in whom we believe and we are persuaded that uh, he will keep that which he has uh, promised and committed to us against that day. I want to thank you for your time and thank you for coming on. And once again, this is Table Talks with Bert, and we have Bishop Sean McKenzie signing out.